Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. All right, everybody. Y'all ready? Let's do this. I want to begin by jumping into a couple of verses today. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So today we are going to talk about the way. Uh, If you know this scripture, the messenger that they're talking about is a guy named John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is telling everybody to get ready because there's a new way coming. It's the way of Jesus, and Jesus is going to bring in a new way that's going to change everything about the old ways of life. Are you with me? And so Jesus wants to bring a way today, and I want you to even catch the very first part of that verse. Mark says, there is good news coming. How many of you guys are ready for some good news instead of some bad news? Yeah? Amen. So Mark says there's a way that's coming that you need to be ready for. So today we're beginning a new series called The Way of Life. Everyone say the way. way. All right. How many of you know that we've been given a way to live? It's actually been given to us. And of course, we know this. We know that Jesus, of course, called his people, his followers to drop everything and to follow him. And so Jesus has always been kind of pointing us to a particular way But a lot of you probably also know that even in the very beginning of Christianity, people were known as followers of the way, right? Like there's scriptures, of course, in in Acts that talk about how Christians were actually called followers of the way more than they were called Christians in the first few centuries, which I kind of wish we were still called the way. It's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, I'm part of the way. Have you heard of it? You know what I mean? Like it sounds kind of cool, kind of tough. I don't know. I'm a part of the way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so... We know that, a lot of you know that this is what it was, kind of the origin of it, but um, it, it comes from John 14, 6, when Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So these are followers of the way. I want to show you a painting that's sort of a, a symbol of the way. Um, you guys know what this is, right? Why don't you tell the person next to you what you see up there on the screen? What is that that you see? <clears throat> if you said fish, you're, you're on the right track. Um, but the answer I'm looking for is a, is, a, is a Greek term called the ichthus. Anybody say ichthus? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily say ichthus. I asked if anybody said ichthus. Um, it just, it, yeah, just stay with me here. Ichthus, ichthus is a Greek term for fish. So if you said fish, like I said, you're on the right track. And the symbol became an important marking during the early days of the Christian faith. They would mark this little fish, this ichthus, on walls to mark meeting places, on tombs, to mark graves of people they loved. It would be, it would be a way that they would even indicate, are you friend or foe? You know what I mean? They would, they would use this. And this was a fairly common symbol of fish. And so it kind of flew under the radar during persecution. People didn't know exactly what it meant if they weren't aware of the way. And so it kind of was able to serve as a symbol for this underground church that was bubbling up in the world. And according to one ancient story, when a Christian met another Christian, uh, or maybe they made a, say say this way, when they met a stranger in the world and they wanted to know if they were a follower of the way, they would sometimes just draw one arc of the fish right in the sand. They would just be like, they draw this arc in the sand and then they would see if the other person, what they would do. And if they finished and completed the fish, well, then they would go eat fish tacos together, naturally, right? Um, 
but probably set up for a few awkward encounters when the person just looked at him like, why are you drawing in the sand? You know what I mean? Like, but there was this, this was a symbol of the way. And this, this new series we're doing called The Way of Life, it has these ancient undertones 2,000 years ago of people that have been following this way. And Jesus, of course, provided this way to help us navigate our faith uh, and, and, of course, to deal with the battles we face. How many deal with battles in life? He, he wants to give us ways through the battles he, to, come up, to, to face the fears that we come up against. I wonder how many of us have fears that we come up against. He wants to give us ways through our fears and, he, and to give us the hope that we hold to. And so a lot of us, we have hope. We're like, no, 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 it's, this is not the end. This is not the end of all things. This is not the, the end of, of, of life as I know it through this circumstance I'm facing. But there is a hope and Jesus came to help us with our life. He came to give us a way to live. So the next few weeks, maybe the next few months, we'll see how it goes. Sometimes these series, we, don't, we just let them take a life of their own. We don't know if we're going to do it for four weeks or four months, but more than likely this will be a little longer than four weeks. We're going to be talking about the way of life that Jesus taught us um, really through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, so our message is going to be coming straight from the Gospels for the next uh, number of, of months or weeks, and uh, I just want to encourage everyone as we do this to consider just reading through the Gospels. Uh, you know, we've done that a lot around here. Or I say a lot. We've done it a few times, and if you need a reading plan, we have this one that we put out a couple years ago called Jesus Changes Everything About Every Cha- Everything, and it's really just a reading plan, a 14-week reading plan through all the Gospels. There's a whole bunch of them stacked out there in the lobby. If you want to grab one, you can do it. Uh, you obviously don't need a reading plan to read through the Bible, but if it's helpful, it gives you a little bit of a plan with some reflection questions. And, and really, my encouragement to you today is just a really practical one as we begin. Like, read the Bible. Are you with me? Like, read the Bible. I mean, we don't read the Bible enough. We probably need to read the Bible a little bit more. A lot of us, we've been Christians a long time. We think we've read the Bible enough. I'm just saying, no, no, no. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. So here's the deal. Let's go back to Mark chapter 1. I want to read this again. And we're going to read a little further. So I already read this. But let's read it again. The beginning of the good news. We need this good news. About Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Everyone say prepare. Prepare. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sin. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, interesting, with a leather belt around his waist, of course, and he ate locusts and wild honey, which is kind of strange. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, right? So the gospel of Mark begins by talking about this guy named John the Baptist. Now, John is the original Baptist. He's the OG. Are you with me? First name, John, last name, the Baptist, right? And here's the thing, his whole role in the story of God is significant. He's the last Old Testament prophet. He just happens to be in the New Testament writings. He's the last voice calling out of a coming Messiah, but he just happens to, hap- he just happens to be right on the doorstep of when Jesus shows up. 
And so he is, a, he is a voice prophesying of a coming Messiah. He was sent by God to tell the world of this, um, this coming good news. He says, I want you to get ready. I want you to prepare the roadways, the highways, the byways, because Jesus is coming. Get ready. Now, I love John the Baptist. I wish we had more time to talk about him because he's one of my favorites because he's very interesting, is he not? I mean, here's this guy. He's what we would like to call in these days granola, Right? He's very simple. He doesn't need a lot of modern amenities. If he lived today, he'd probably have Chaco tan lines and he'd probably use a carabiner for his keychain. Are you with me? Select audience, I get it. I can't even afford Chaco tan lines. I have Tiva tan lines. Again, select audience, I get it. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? It was funny for three of us, all right? Here's what's interesting about John. This whole wilderness thing is actually important. John's father is a man named Zechariah. Zechariah, the guy that you read about in the beginning of Luke, Zechariah is a priest. So John is actually the son of a priest, which means he's supposed to be a priest. In fact, his lineage goes all the way back to the original Levites who, um, and, and the, the lineage of Aaron, the brother of Moses. So John has priestly blood flowing through his veins. John is supposed to be in the temple doing his priestly duties. But he's not in the temple. He's in the wilderness. He's not wearing priestly robes or ephods. He's actually wearing camel skin and a belt. That's what he's doing. He's dipping his locust in wild honey when he's supposed to be making sacrifices in the temple. He's not doing what's expected of him. And this is a very important thing because God sends him to do something. John serves as the prophet who breaks the silence of God. You see, here's the thing. For 400 years, the, the Israelites had not received a prophet. You guys know about the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah. God had sent prophets to say things to his people. For 400 years, there had been no prophet. It had been silent until John the Baptist shows up, and he shatters the silence. And he does this thing, and he comes out of a place that's not expected, right? He comes out of a place that's, sorry, he comes out of a place that's not expected. He comes out of the wilderness. He doesn't come out of the temple where most things of religion come from. He doesn't come from the place that people are expecting that a new voice should come from, that God's going to speak. But God has something new. He doesn't want to do the things that are typical and normal when it comes to religion, he actually wants to bring in a new message, and so he uses someone in an unexpected way from an unexpected place to give a new message and a new way of living. Are you with me? This is big. Let me ask you, has anyone else noticed that 2020 has been a little crazy? <laughs> Just me? No. I mean, who, there's just been a lot of unexpected things. I'm actually going to grab this mic because this one's just rocking me. So has anyone else noticed that 2020 has been kind of over a strange year? Yeah, yeah. So who, know, who knew that we'd be thinking about, like, every day, like, which mask should I wear? You know what I mean? Like, camo, stripes, black, just classic medical, friends. It always works. Just go with it. 2020 has been a year of unexpected things, one after the other. Christy, the other day, she went shopping with Addie to get some new clothes for school, and she bought her some PJs. <laughs> I was like... That's what she, I mean, yeah, some of you, again, select audience, select audience. I get it, I get it. One unexpected thing after another. We no longer live in predictable ways and normal routines of life. 
It's almost like we're in the wilderness and God's voice is calling out, prepare the way of the Lord. God's voice is saying, I'm going to do something unexpected and I want to show you a way of life that you weren't quite looking for. And our response to that, many of us will say, but, but yeah, that's, that's great, God. I, I, enjoy, I, I get where you're coming from, but I kind of like my way of life. Some of us may be thinking, well, all I care about is getting back to my old ways of life, pre-COVID, right? I would like to get back to that. That's what I'm thinking about when it comes to the way of life. We all have a way of life. We all have a way of doing things and thinking about things. Raise your hand if you have a way of life that you kind of typically do, that you kind of do, right? Raise your hand if you have a way that you'd like to do things. Those of you not raising your hand, is that one of your ways? You don't raise your hands. <laughs> You're like, I don't ever raise my hand when people tell me to raise my hand. That's my way. It's my way or the highway. <laughs> Right? We have a way that we like to do things. For some of us, we think that putting pineapple on pizza is a good idea. And others of us, we think that putting pineapple on pizza is a sin against pizza. We have a way that we do things. We have a way of doing things, a way of thinking about things. And Mark writes in chapter 1, he's got some good news. That there is a way of the Lord that is coming. So here's where I want to begin. I want to begin with a simple yet, I hope, transformational idea. I want to put it out in front of us, and I'll, and I'll put it on the screen. And it's simply this. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. You may have a way of doing life, but I'm telling you, the way of Jesus is greater than the way of you. And here's the thing. That might not blow your mind. You might not be thinking, wow, that's an amazing thought. No, we, most of us already agree with this. Most of us already believe this. But I'm not actually talking about do you believe this or do you agree with this. I'm actually wanting to talk about taking an idea from our head, putting it into our heart, and asking all of us in the room, yeah, you may believe and you may agree, but do you live it? Do you live that the ways of Jesus are greater than the ways of me? John the Baptist, he said this famously in John 3.30. He says, he must become greater and I must become less. You need, you got to remember John a little bit, right? So he's experienced some powerful ministry, hasn't he? He's been seeing hundreds, probably thousands of people coming to him. He's been seeing, you want to talk about amazing baptism services. Go to the one led by John the Baptist. Like, he's the goat of baptisms. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can throw down a great baptism service. And I wonder if he's been thinking, this is just going to keep going. Like, what's his future of his life look like when he's having all these people come to him? He's thinking, I think it's just going to keep getting better and better. I think I'm just going to see more of the same, probably only an increase to this. But that's not exactly what happens. All of a sudden, John says, nope, my ways are less than his ways. So he tells his disciples, go follow him. He tells all the people, go follow him. The ways of Jesus are greater than my ways. So I have three hopeful, hopefully helpful thoughts to establish that this idea of the ways of Jesus are greater than the ways of me. And I'll put them on screen, then I'll talk about each one. Because here's the thing, I know this is actually something that we all believe and agree with, but we struggle to live. So three ideas are just simply this. Prepare, for, prepare the way of the Lord daily. Elevate your expectations and be a voice in the wilderness. So I already gave you all three points. So if you write them down and you leave, good luck figuring out what they mean. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about them now. I'm just kidding around. So first, prepare the way of the Lord daily. So when John the Baptist says the word prepare the way of the Lord, 
He's essentially telling everyone, hey, get ready. I want you to get ready. And every day, I go through a process in the morning of getting ready for my day. All of us do this, right? Statistics say that it takes us about 25 to 30 minutes, the average person, to get ready. Some of us take a little longer. Some of us take a little less time. Actually, I saw that 2% of people get ready in less than five minutes, which I'm like, how does that even happen? Like, are they sleeping in their clothes? I don't, I don't, get, I don't get, to get it. But we all get ready, right, for our day. We get ready for things. We get ready by looking at the weather to see how we should dress. Which, by the way, did you see this to be 60 degrees on Wednesday? It's exciting, right? You need to get ready for fall, right? You got to get your, you got to get your fleece out. You got to get your scarves out. It's going to be 60 degrees on, on Wednesday. You need to get ready. Are you with me? You need to get ready. We get ready for everything. We get ready for fall. We get ready for our work. We get ready for our job. We got presentations. We got meetings we got to prepare for. We have we have meal prep. Some of us are meal preppers. We have college prep classes. We have all sorts of preparation that we got to do. We got to get ready in life for so many things. We do, we, we do this all the time. We get ready for things. But I just want to ask a quick question. Are we, are we getting ready for God to do the unexpected in your life? Are you, are you getting ready? Are you preparing for the way of the Lord in your life every day? Because how can Jesus be your life if you're not getting ready for him to move in your life? And here's the thing. I just know for me that I'm not always ready for him to move in my life. I'm ready to do a lot of other things, but I'm not ready for that. And if Jesus is going to be my life and Jesus is going to be my Lord, what I'm realizing is actually the things that, that I prepare for and that I get ready for, they seem to actually be serving as the Lord of my life. And so if the Lord of my life should be the thing that I should be prepping for each day, right? And since we prepare daily for so many things, I think it's fair to say that we're actually pretty good at preparing. Most of us in this room know how to prepare. We know how to get ready. We know how to build roadways, pathways. We know how to clear the way to get stuff ready. My thing is, I don't think we have a preparation problem in life. I think we have a placement problem. You see, we put all of our, pre our preparation in the wrong things or at least in the wrong priorities. So it's a placement issue, not a preparation issue. Because even though some of us say, oh, I'm not very organized, I'm never ready. No, 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 you're getting ready. You're here today. You, you know, you did, you got to work. You get ready for stuff. It's a placement issue. We know how to build the roadway. We know how to get ready. We just have to actually believe that his ways are better than my ways. Are you guys with me today? I'm always excited to start a new series. Anyway. This can mean, when I talk about daily, right? <clears throat> oh, man. This can mean daily disciplines, of course. Um, making, you know, reading scripture as we talked about. Or this can mean daily prayer, of course, and, and, and praying every day. But I was just thinking about the daily things we do. And, and, and a lot of us have, we have things that we do every day that we're never going to sleep through. We're never going to skip. We're never going to take a break from. We're never going to wimp out on, you know what I mean? We're going to make sure we get to our daily news feed. We're going to make sure we see Instagram or Facebook feed. We're going to make sure that you're going to, we're going to make sure we get to our to-do list each day. Those things never take a pause. Those things keep, they keep coming. But daily, what are we doing to lead ourselves to make way for the Lord in our life? 
And you know what? I'm not here to tell you what to do because I could give you five different spiritual practices that you're going to hear today and say, oh, those are really good. And you're going to go do what you want to do. And here's the thing. So I don't want to teach you. I don't necessarily want to teach you how to today, even though how to matters at some points. I want to teach you why you must do it. You must figure this out in your life. We must figure out the ways that Jesus called us to live. And here's the thing. It's going to require leading yourself. And leading yourself is not, is not an easy task. When you think about leadership, you know, most of us think about it in the paradigms of org charts. You know, you got people above us. You got people below us. Those, you know, that's what I'm talking about. We think, oh, who's leading me and who am I leading? But if you're looking at an org chart, you got to ask yourself, like, who's the most difficult person on that org chart to lead? And I'm telling you, it's you. You're the most difficult person you'll ever have to lead. No one, no one will ignore you more than yourself. No one will disappoint you more than you. <laughs> no one will lie to you more than yourself. Oh, I don't need to pray with that person. You know, I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. Quit lying to yourself. You need to pray. No, I, 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 can, I can do seven donuts. It's okay. No, you can't. Quit lying to yourself. Right? Like what we do in life is we, we lie to ourselves because we really are the most difficult person we'll ever have to lead. So look at the person next to you and say, quit being so difficult. <laughs> Preparing the way of the Lord in your life is actually a daily choice that you must make. And here's what I've learned is that if it's up to me to lead myself, it's not going to happen. I actually need someone else to lead me. And so if I can prepare the way of the Lord every day in my life, if I can let the Lord take the lead in my life every day, if I can make a path way to say, God, you're in front of me, I'm following you. If I can prepare the way for him every day, well, then I'm not having to lead myself and I'm instead being able to just follow. Because guess what? The best leaders in the world are the best followers. And here's the thing. So many times in life we're thinking about who's ahead of us and who we're trying to lead. But all you got to do is say it's not about who's behind you as a leader. It's about who's ahead of you. Who are you following? And for following Jesus, well, it's going to make things a lot greater, a lot greater, because the ways of Jesus are greater than the ways of me. Are you all with me? Yeah. Secondly, elevate your expectations. You know that the more, the more ways of Jesus that are in your life, the greater things you will taste and see. That's just the way it is. Faith, when you get down to the essence of it, is expectation. It's a confident assurance that no matter what happens, God is going to produce a great purpose in my life. Someone needed to hear that today. Faith believes God can use anything and make it a great thing. If God can use a donkey to talk to a man, he can use 2020 to produce a great harvest. He can use 2020 to bring a great breakthrough, to do great healings. If, if God can do, if God can take, he can take the weirdest or the strangest or the worst of things and he can make it a great thing. But see, that's faith, isn't it? So faith, when you boil it down to its essence, is an expectation. Expectation. Faith enables me to wake up every morning knowing that goodness and mercy are, are going to follow me all the days of my life. And so this, since this is one of the days of my life, I just have to assume that goodness and mercy are right there in front of me, behind me, and beside me. That's faith. Now, I love what John the Baptist does. He brings a message of expectation, doesn't he? 
He actually comes into a culture that's had 400 years of silence and he says, we're about to elevate your expectations. We're about to take you from here to here. We're about to tell you that the Messiah is coming and a new way of life is coming. I'm going to take your expectations where they're at and I'm going to take them not only to the next level, but beyond the next level. I'm going to make you understand that God is about to do great things. This is what John the Baptist brings. He says, you know what? I've been baptizing you with water, but someone's coming who's about to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He's like, you guys are ready for this. John's message was to elevate the faith and expectations of his people. And the scriptures show us, friends, they show us that our expectations have a direct connection to the great things God does. Now, before you go, whoa, 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 whoa. That does not mean God is ever dependent on our faith or our expectations to do anything. He can do whatever he wants. He just loves to do things for his people that have great faith and great expectations. God actually enjoys that. You know how I know that? It says so. Isaiah 30, verse 18. I'm going to read the amplified version because it's just one of those days. And therefore God, or therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. And, he there, and therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show his loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect and look and long for him. So here's what I love about that passage. Did you catch it? It's God that's waiting first. God is waiting and expecting to be gracious and give his loving kindness and his mercy to you. God is actually expecting to do that. And he, here's the thing then. If God is expecting and wanting to do that, I think we can be confident that God wants to do great things. Because God is waiting to work in and through each and every one of us. He's looking for those who are looking and longing for him so he can pour out his loving kindness, his mercy. Perhaps, perhaps when we look at a gathering like we're in right here, when it comes to expectations, we've talked about this before, but they go, we, we, we should be taking them when we walk into the room from mild to massive. You know, I was thinking about this when I go in life with sports. You know, when you get around expectant people, you become more expectant. I can sit at home and watch an OU football game, and I'm just telling you, I, I enjoy it, but I'm pretty mild in my expectations of the outcome. I sit there pretty mild, passively watching the game. But if I go to an OU football game and I get around other expectant people that want to see great things happen on the field and they start getting a little crazy, guess what happens to me? I get a little crazy and I start believing, yeah, I expect great things to happen too. And so I get a little amped, charged up, more passionate because I'm around a whole bunch of other expectant people. So expectant people make other people expectant. It's why when there's a woman, a, a young woman who gets around a pregnant friend <laughs> and they're expecting, it's not too long before that friend is expecting too. Are you with me? Expectant people create more expecting people. Amen. It's one of the great things about the church and what we do for one another. The gathering of believers is partially intended to raise and elevate the expectations of one another. To increase your faith that God can do anything. 
So we pray with faith and expectation. We pray with faith and belief that God loves us and he wants to do things for his children, not because we, we deserve it, but because he loves us. We've been talking about this quite a bit lately, and we, we want to exercise our faith over fear and doubt in life. And, and, and the thing about exercising faith over fear and doubt is, it, you know, if you're thinking about it in a, in a process, like it starts with one step, right, of faith over fear and doubt. But I, I'm under the belief that God doesn't look for you to just take one step of faith over fear and doubt, right? And a lot of times we have this amazing encounter or we have this one moment of just you know, unbridled courage will finally take that, take that one step. But God is, is like, yeah, I, I want to give you that. But he wants to do more than that. And so he's hopefully saying, listen, it's about more than just one step of faith. It's about another step of faith over fear and doubt. And another step of faith over fear and doubt. And another step of, of faith over fear and doubt. And another step of faith over fear and doubt. Because he actually wants to do something more than just give you what you're asking for in that first step. He wants to take you to this place that you don't even know about yet. Are you all with me? And so here's the thing. Your steps of faith over fear and doubt, if you're like, oh, God's called me to do this, he wants, he's going he's gonna to continue to call you to more of those. And so, and here's the thing. Sometimes you take that step of faith over fear and doubt, and it's like nothing really happened, and so you step right back here. And you're like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't work for me. Do you think that one time wonders, or that, like that's the thing that God, how he operates? No, he's like, I need you to step over faith over fear and doubt, and I need you to contend contend in faith and contend in prayer. I need you to contend and believe for breakthrough. So I need you to take another step. And you're like, it didn't happen. Yeah, I need you to keep believing. You need to take another step. Oh, God, it's not happening yet. I need you to take another step. And so there's this process that God is doing in us when we continue to step in faith and fear and doubt because we are doing what the whole time? We're elevating our expectations. Are you with me? See, this is the work that God wants to do in us. Do we need to exercise Faith over fear and doubt, it's not a one-time thing. It's a life. It's a way of life. Number three, be a voice in the wilderness. You know, in John chapter 1, of course, John the Baptist is talked about in several of the, of the Gospels. In John chapter 1, verse 23, talking about John again, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. This is John the Baptist. Versus the Apostle John. He says, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. So he says this, and it's recorded in the scriptures. And on this day when he says it, there are all these people coming because of the ministry of John the Baptist. They're sitting at the Jordan. They're being baptized. They're being wowed by this message. And then look at this in verse 29. The very next day, John saw Jesus coming to him to be baptized, and John cried out, Look, there he is, God's Lamb. He will take away the sins of the world. I told you that a mighty one would come who was far greater than I. So it, the ways of Jesus are greater than the ways of me. A mighty one would come who was far greater than I am because he existed long before I was born. You see, John sees Jesus and he does something immediately. He turns everyone's attention to Jesus. He takes it off of himself. 
Here's the thing, everyone in the whole world at that moment in Jerusalem and Israel was talking about John the Baptist and they were looking at him, the spotlight was on him and an immediate moment where he sees Jesus, he turns the attention off of himself and he starts pointing everyone to Jesus. And he says, look, look, it's not about me anymore. That's the one right now. Behold the Lamb of God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. And he starts to turn everyone's attention to Jesus. And in the coming days, John the Baptist would become less and less of a spectacle and Jesus would become, of course, more and more of one. And I just want to say that Jesus would later teach his followers Listen, you are, you are a voice in the wilderness. And what he means by that is he says, with your lies, with the things you say, with the things you do, you're going to be a voice in your neighborhood. You're going to be a voice at your workplace. You're going to be a voice in the world full of people who are looking and searching for God. And you're going to have to learn how to be a voice that can take the attention not only off of you, but off of all the wrong things. And it can point it to the way of Jesus because that way is greater. There are people all over the world right now who are desperately trying to make sense of life. Maybe even in this room. They are desperately trying to make sense of God. A lot of why questions, a lot of when questions. And truthfully, for a lot of people, they cannot hear God because of the deafening silence. It's almost like there's another gap. And here's the reason. It's not that God doesn't want to speak. It's that God typically usually speaks through his people. And for many people, they've not only, they've either forgotten or they've never learned how to speak to the world. And if there's ever a time for the church to be the church, <laughs> I've been saying this every week, it's right now. If there's ever a time for you to figure out what it means to find your voice, it's right now. And guess what? It's not going to be the same kind of voice that you hear shouting with bullhorns throughout the world right now. It's going to be a different kind of voice. It's going to be a prophetic voice. It's going to be a voice calling people to the good news in a world full of bad news. If there's ever a time for you to be a voice, it's right now by the things you say, by the things you do, by the way you operate as a person of Jesus. And the only way you're gonna do that is if you prepare every day of your life for that moment. The only way you're gonna do it is if you prepare the way of the Lord so he's leading you and guiding you. The only way it's gonna happen is if you elevate your expectations that God's actually gonna use you to do things you never saw coming. The only way that you're actually gonna have a voice worth anything in this world is if you have allowed the way of the Lord to be your way because his way is greater than your way. Otherwise, you're just another clanging symbol Otherwise, we're just another voice in a world full of noise. But I know the church, you, the believers, we have something in us that the world needs. The church must speak to the world. We have a lot of spotlights that we put on ourselves these days, don't we? I don't like that. We beat up on social media a lot. It's good in a lot of ways. But we all have like three or four websites dedicated to ourselves. <laughs> Maybe two, right? We have our profiles, we have our bios, we have our brand. All good things in the right context. 
But how do we use our voice, the things that we do have people looking at us so it can reflect, boom, bounce right off of us to Christ? We gotta use what God's given us. We gotta be the voice of the, in the wilderness in a time when people feel lost and desperate and hurting. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. So we have to prepare. We gotta get ready. We need to elevate our expectations. And then we need to be a voice in a world pointing people to Christ. So let's do this. Everyone say, the way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. Let's say it again. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. I'm feeling it. Let's say it again. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. Say it like a prayer. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. Close your eyes. The way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. One more time, the way of Jesus. It's greater than the way of me. Oh, we gotta do it again, the way of Jesus. It's greater than the way of me. Just keep your eyes closed, your heads bowed. I believe some of us needed today I believe some of us come in here today and the whole time you've been here since the music started, God's been grabbing a hold of your heart. His presence is thick around you. You're thinking, when is, is anybody else feeling this right now? I feel like everything's directed right at me. God has you here for a reason. He wants to initiate something in you. Just allow him to work in you. Just allow him to continue to help you right now as you're probably being led to take a step of faith. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Move right now. Do what you want. We ask for your guidance and your help. I'm just going to pray over us today. I think that there's some good prayers inside of what we're talking about. But right now, I just want to say, God, for those of us who know that we do very little in our life to prepare the way of the Lord on a daily routine, on a daily habits, Lord, I mean, we know this isn't, we don't need to beat ourselves up. You have a lot of love and a lot of grace. And we're so thankful that that's where it all begins. But Lord, we just want to, we just want We just want to acknowledge that we don't have a preparation problem. We have a placement problem. And so, Father, would you help us put the right placement on our preparing the way of the Lord in our life, the way of you in our life. God, I pray we point people to Jesus, to point people to you all the time. Give us a voice that is a unique voice. It's a godly voice. It's a voice... It's really just your voice. We want to be used by you, Father. God, we need your help. We need your strength. Lord, I know right now some in this room, they're tired and they're weary. Remind us what you said. (laughs) You guys remember this? He said, my ways 
My ways are easy. My ways are light, not burdensome. Lord, I know that some in this room right now are frustrated with the way of life. <laughs> it's been hard. Work's been hard. School's been hard. Family's been hard. There's just a lot of things that are difficult right now because of what is our reality of life. And I just want to pray right now that, Father, you would give us a new perspective, one that can see your ways kind of peeking through and shining light through all the ways that are very difficult right now. God, I pray you would break the back of the pandemic right now, that you would heal our land, that you would heal our world, Father. We pray that. We want to continue to pray that. But we just pray, Father, that in the midst of life right now, we pray strength. We pray, we pray peace. And for a moment, I just want to pray for those in this room that need to take a step of faith over fear and doubt. That now is the time for you to elevate your expectation that God could do anything. I'm sure there's some people in here right now that have a need that you've been afraid to say out loud. You've been afraid to ask for help or ask for prayer. Maybe you've taken a step of faith before. Maybe you've taken many steps and you're exhausted. And, and, and I just wanna pray right now, Lord, I pray for strength for those individuals in this room. I pray for courage. I pray for steps of faith over fear today. In Jesus' name, it's only by your power that we can do anything, that we can see miracles happen. It's the breakthrough occurs at the, at the sound and the authority of your name. And so we thank you that, Father, you've, you've released your power into this world and that we can trust in it and we can see it happen. And so, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for anybody that needs to take a step of faith over fear and doubt today, that you would give them the courage to do so. Give them the faith and the expectation. So I just wanna invite you if, you, if you need to take a step of faith today, if you need to contend today, to keep believing for something that's just, if it, it has felt a little bit dead in the water, if you just need to come back to it. I just wanna encourage you in a moment when, I, when, I, when we conclude to, to take a step right down here to the front and pray with someone, contend with someone. I'll be up here, others will be up here. We'd love to pray with you. I'll just close with this. Father, I wanna pray that you would give us faith. I pray for God, for anyone in this room right now that needs courage, give them courage. I pray for anyone that needs love, let them feel your love. Anyone that feels lonely today, may your presence draw near to them and your people. And I pray for anyone discouraged today, encourage their soul, fill their cup. We are grateful, Father, for all of your ways. We pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Well, as I said, we're gonna, we're gonna be down here praying in just a moment. And if you wanna take a step of faith over fear and doubt, um, come right down here. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to have great expectation with you that God can do anything. It could be, a, could be a, any, any type of issue, anything from needs to provision to, to I need a miracle today. Um, Friends, we love you so much. Remember all the things we shared earlier, all the announcements that are coming up. Be praying for Cap City. And, uh, and let's just do this together. Would we, could we stand together? And we're going to say what we kind of declared today one more time. You guys ready? Say, everyone say, the way of Jesus is greater than the way of me. Amen, amen. We love you guys. Grace and peace. I'll see you soon. We're down here praying. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.